Alrighty, man. Here we are. Another beautiful night in uh, Texas. And welcome. If you've never been to Texas, then uh, you're here now with us, you know, chilling. That's right. <laughs> I guess that's the way we look at it anyways. <laughs> Shit. I do like it, man. On my way over here, I was passing by one of those ranches on uh, 337, one of the Twisted Sisters, and I uh, saw some zebra. Yeah. And I know I've seen some kangaroo out there before. And uh, we've kind of talked about this, but never really just had your opinion like what do you think about exotics you see a lot of exotics exotic like, animals around yeah. here what is your take on it like would you care let's put it this way well first of all i just want to say excuse me if my voice sounds different tonight <clears throat> i've had a real hoarse voice for about three or four days now it's it's getting better but excuse me if i do a little coughing and huffing and puffing through the, through the episode but uh anyway uh no, the exotic animals around here, I think it, I understand the history. I understand why they're here, you know, because game ranches were a very popular thing. They still are a popular thing around here. People pay big money to come out and shoot basically tamed animals that come up to feeders, you know, and I, I don't really, I'm not going to say I want it to be banned or anything like that. It's just not something I would ever go to, you know, I'm a hunter. I've shot many deer but uh i like to think that i gave those deer a sporting chance i actually yeah. hunt you know i, I shot well them yeah and i'm not even meaning like to hunt them per se like what yeah. you know i guess it's cool because in a way it's like a lot of these ranches even if they go on for two generations how long is that that's like it's like 70 80 good yeah. years that a ranch like that could work before like those fences are going to get damaged and someone's oh, yeah. going to stop taking care of it and those animals, animals are going to outlast that, yeah. most likely. And so well, they're really changing the dynamics of what what this area is going to be like right. in, in a lot of ways. Which, you no, know, they're introducing I mean, new new species for sure. I mean, the, the two will, most notable ones around here would, would be the Axis deer, which are native to India, and the Black Buck antelope, which are native to Africa. Definitely. And the Audad, uh, the Audad, and the Audad as well, that, which I believe are native to uh, Africa. Africa, are yeah. they? Okay. Came to West Texas. Came to West Texas, Southern New Mexico in the like the 1950s. Really, I believe yes. Okay, yeah, you can look. The internet's there. Yeah. Check it. But I believe, I believe, I'm, I'm, I'm close. <laughs> right. Know? Yeah. No. Uh, and and then they spread down to this area because they just were they right. do so well. Yeah. No, they love these hills. These yeah. hills out here are perfect for the and in West that's Texas for sure. as well. Yep. West Texas as well. Yep. Good terrain for them. Yes. Uh, you know, I think that uh, I think it's interesting. You know, I I like the fact that I can drive down the road and look out in the field and hey, you know, there's some African antelope out there. You know. Yeah. Uh, and they're and they're just wild. It, funny thing about the black buck is that they're they really they have their spots and they stick to them. Like, my neighbor has black buck antelope, and sometimes I can even look out my back window and see him across his fence, but they never jump that fence and come over onto my place. Not once have I had black buck on my place, Yeah. and my neighbor has them all the time. Yeah. You know, wow. they, they, they pick their spots, and they, they stick to them. Even the male, uh, you know, the big the big black males with the long horns, uh, they will have a little spot where they poop. And that's where that is where they go to poop. Yeah, and they, they'll make, they'll make a big old mound of poop, man. You know, uh, my wife used to live out on one of these game ranches out on the back of them, 
Uh, probably the same one you saw the zebras at. It probably yeah. is one of those. And yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, there was all sorts of exotic animals out there. They've got them. They've got them all out there. Oh yeah. But one thing, uh, it's not really an exotic animal, but uh, it's my favorite kind of animal to see on these ranches around here. And that's the buffalo. Oh yes. yes. No, well, that's absolutely yeah. not an exotic. That's right, an yeah. American. No, they were here. I mean, they were absolutely. They were here. here. But I, I'm also stretched to say that some of these animals weren't <laughs> here in some regard before. I'm not saying the exact animals, but other species right. like them that uh, you know would would reason of why some of these animals do really well here. Uh, another one that I do believe will be. I don't know how well they do here. But I do know they're on these ranches, and I do know that they probably get off and go other places, and that is elk and red deer, like the red stag. Yeah. Um, elk probably less, but they are definitely on these ranches. They are definitely uh, on the ranches. I've never heard of an elk just randomly walking under someone's well, feet or around here. Well, uh, I have I have heard of stories of that. Have you? you? Know? I, oh, absolutely. And yeah. I have seen psyche deer we, uh, on, out, out close to where I live. Uh, I have seen feeders with psycho deer at them that are low game feeders. Psycho deer are uh, like uh, almost like an elk. Yeah, <laughs> they're big. They're huge. You know, they're right. very large. No, yeah, they are. They're, they're like a red stag uh, right. in between a red stag and a and a and an elk somewhere probably. Yep. But the fallow deer are also uh, pretty big as well. Yeah, they're not. Uh, they're not quite as big as an elk, but they're definitely bigger than an axis. See, we don't get. We don't in uh, in deep in the hills. There's axis aren't out there, and black buck are not out there. They don't right. like that. They they no. need the 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 river valleys. Yep. Right. So uh, that's kind of interesting. We get the ones that typically like the whitetail, the hogs, the psyche deer. They work really well on the hillsides. The owdad are like. Oh, yeah. That's like that's the big their, one. That's their place. Yeah. We obviously saw that one that oh, night. That man. was so cool. I'll never, never forget yeah, that. Yeah, me man. neither, man. I'll never that was forget so that. Cool. Flipping on that light and well, because bam, out, there, out there those fences are low, <clears throat> right. and so anything you see has escaped other ranches. So I, those psycho deer, those are those are close to the size of an elk. They've escaped. Yeah. I've seen that with my own eyes. Right. Now I've heard stories of people who see elk, but the reason I don't think you do see elk is because. They're more expensive. They probably don't do quite as well around here. Right. Uh, they're just not as many people probably have them. Yeah, I'm not real sure if there ever was elk in this part of the country, even before the settlers. I don't. I don't think there was elk in Central yeah. Texas. I could be wrong. Yeah. I, but I don't. But I. I, I do know. not believe there I was. Have no idea. Uh, I know there were buffalo, but I, I don't know about the elk. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> But you know which, uh, I'll tell you an exotic animal that I really can't believe hasn't escaped and kind of thrived around here, uh, and that's the kangaroo. I know there are quite a few ranches around here with with pretty big kangaroo populations on them. Yeah. And do we just not I, know yet? You know, that's the other Yeah, thing. I feel like somebody would have seen a kangaroo they really just look like deer with... Yeah, they do, with, but there's a lot of people out here. I mean, even though there's not a lot of people, yeah. there is, and, and people could have seen it, and you just yeah. not know, you know, yeah. for sure. That could happen, but yeah, I know I know one thing. If goat populations get out around here of any sort, they'll go. Oh, and yeah. Goats can make it out well, here. Well, I know I know of a couple of locations where there are wild domestic goat herds, yeah. you know. You know, I guess my wife and I have uh, some guineas. And they're actually from uh, Africa. 
Yeah. That that's a bird that's from Africa. And right. They are they're awesome, man. They're inter- I, some people like oh they're really noisy and they are, but it's cool, man. It sounds like you're in you know. It gives you a great feel. You yeah, know, right? I don't know. Are they the ones that like do them. that? Uh, that ah ah that one? No, is that, is uh, that the guineas? No, that's peacocks. That's a peacock. That's peacocks. Yeah, the peacocks yeah. have that loud. No, guineas <clears throat> like make like a more fast like chuckle, but it's very yeah. loud. Okay, and, and, yes, yes. You know, I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, I've but I, I like them. Before. And I do, man. I like. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. I wouldn't mind like driving down the road and being like, dude, did I just see a giraffe right there on that ranch? Yeah, right. That was nuts. You well, know? That, that is. I've, <laughs> I've noticed that before. That that is one thing you just you don't see very much of out here. Uh, and that's like the giraffes, the larger African animals. Even though I would think that we have a climate around here that they would do pretty well in. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but I guess they're probably just too dang expensive to try and keep You know, up. man, I'm going to throw out a random thought, and I could be like way mistaken on this, but I just had this random <clears throat> thought. It's like... With with those people that have that care of those ranches like that and those a- and animals like that that didn't that you know couldn't make it in hunting you know like that's the way a zoo should be done right. you know like you could have a ranch like that and you those animals could have like almost like a a true to form habitat right more or less turn it into a safari a safari like zoo yeah, basically a safari zoo, yeah. exactly you know I mean that's really that's the best way to get like animals rehabilitated if they right. if well, then they'd if, start bringing in lions and stuff around here and yeah you think it's bad with the psychic deer getting out <laughs> but i mean how much do you how much do you really how libertarian are you yeah oh hey i got how well yeah plus like you know i mean at the same time man it it, it really spices up the game yeah. you know uh in a certain sense it's like hey. I mean, I at least, I don't necessarily know people should bring lions and stuff back, but like for things like a black bear, you know, like they yeah. should be protected if, if reintroduced, they definitely have lived around Texas, you know, yeah. and uh, I know that they're a problem for farmers, but it's like, man, you know, you can't just eradicate things. I just hate, right. I, I don't have that mentality, man, just eradicate things. I mean, yeah. it's not that. You know, we maybe we I don't know work harder to to find ways to keep your animals protected, man. I mean, right. In the age we live in, I just feel like you shouldn't be killing just killing things, you know. But then again, I mean, it could be problematic. I mean, if if they get out of control and the populations are out of control, yeah. Obviously, then you have a problem, and that changes. Kind of like but, the hogs. Yeah, but yeah. when they then when there's none left because everyone's just hunting them out, and you have a mother bear that wanted to migrate through and she can't even without getting shot you know yeah. it's like that's a rough one man that's a yeah. that's kind of a tough tough thing <clears throat> because it does kind of infringe on you know people's right to protect their stuff you know and and uh you, know, you can't really shoo a bear away right you know i mean you can try but i don't necessarily yeah. know it's the smartest idea you know I suppose you could use some some warning shots yeah yeah, yeah. definitely yeah most definitely you know yeah but, uh, no, you know, my whole life I've heard stories about the bear coming back, you know, the bear coming back. I've, I've literally heard that my entire life. And I mean, <clears throat> apparently one was hit by a car up by Hondo not too long ago, which is only about a, what, a 45 minute drive from here or so. Yes. Uh, yeah. In yeah, Hondo? So, you know, yes. Oh, wow. One, one was hit, I, I want to say like three, four, five years ago, something like that. I don't know. But I do remember... 
reading about it that a black bear was hit by a car in Hondo. Yeah, wow, that's crazy. Because, you know, yeah. Hondo's where it starts to get a little flat there yeah. at, the, at the fields. There, I'm actually trying to look up the black bear population in Texas. Oh, yeah. I, I had a... Um, I have a friend who I know for sure is very into this sort of stuff, and he told me a few years back, it was probably, because he told me that at least almost two years ago, so it was probably four or five years ago that they had tracked a mother black bear and her cub that were like making their way down the Frio Valley. Really? Basically, just yeah. following the Frio River up, and it was That's it just was like two valleys over. It was seen on several cameras and and seen by people. Yeah, yeah. and uh, I did I did hear about <clears throat> that, and so again, I do think that there are in East Texas actually is more over too where bears really had a, a large population, and if they do still have a population in Texas, might be more likely to be over in East Texas in the Piney Woods. You know, right? Really. But we could actually go on all day about oh, this. Yeah, I mean, man. this is actually kind of a... That was just kind of... That was not on that was our an list. Opener. Yeah, that yeah. was a good opener. Hey, we turned it into a whole topic, man. Yeah, that's man. right. But it is it is something that we both probably are super passionate about. And and, and just back to the overall question is... Uh, I do like to see it. Uh, I like conservation, though, too. I don't just right. like it for like... Let's just get all these animals out here for profit. and just I'm right. just not into that sort of thing, man. Just not me... But, like, conservation of animals, and that comes with hunting as well. Yeah. But, like, really understanding species and that do well here and that can thrive here. There's a lot of animals that do go extinct, and naturally and unnaturally. And anything you can do to, like, be a part of that chain of life, man, I think it's cool. I'm right. into it completely, so. Yeah. Uh, all right, man. Well, let's start here. Uh, the... Uh, we were we were hiking the other day out out and we were kind of talking about uh, you know in different in America when you think about the United States of America and even just North America I guess in general right uh, from the from the Yucatan Peninsula <clears throat> all the way up to Alaska uh, you know you have the uh, the Spanish culture to the south all the way up into Arizona and New Mexico and Southern California and Texas right and. Uh, and and beyond to some yeah. degree, especially in modern day. But for the most part, you see the influence there in, in the building and the architecture, right. and it it matches that. And then if you <clears throat> go over to the northeast, you know you see much more of like European. Uh, yeah. Everything's where the thirteen colonies originated there, and that's most. It's mostly uh, maybe like Union Civil War grounds. Right. Then you go to the southeast. And it's much a very civil war, you know, uh, uh, slavery era like history, you know, like right. uh, antebellum. A, a, yes, yep. exactly right, you know. And uh, you go to the Pacific Northwest, and it's kind of like I guess it would be French Canadian, uh, oh, yeah. you know, mostly up there, but uh, probably also just a lot of people who headed west. So it probably right. mi- starts to mix. Uh, cultures probably over there too, but also also uh, a, a large number of like Asian Americans in the Pacific Northwest too, probably right. like from San Francisco, which is another interesting culture. Like in a lot a lot of cities, I don't think there is one in um, San Antonio, but it's very like popular in American culture are Chinatowns. Mm. You know, you go to certain parts of cities and go to Chinatowns. I remember when I was in Los mm. Angeles 
uh, my parents, we all went to Chinatown. Yeah. Like, I remember going there, being there, walking around there. Really? And it was interesting. I'd like there, to go to know? a Chinatown. Yeah, right? it's cool, really, yeah. man. It, you know, it's what American cities, be, that's like where their fame right. was in, in the cultural you know, sophistication of what it presented to people that were like, whoa, man, we can get everything here. That's crazy, right. you know? Yep. Really. That's what made it so fun. But, and still makes it so fun a lot of ways. Uh, but uh, until we get into our next topic. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, uh, uh, but I was just thinking about this, man, the divide of all these cultures and kind yeah. of, uh, what do you think about that, man? Do you think that's kind of an interesting... Uh, oh, yeah, man. I mean... When I traveled up to New England, it was it was really like a whole different world. I mean, you, you know, really you start seeing these old European-style, you know, influenced architecture. Uh, it was really cool. We, we drove through some neighborhoods that were all houses built in like the 1700s, you know, and they were, we just drove through and it was so cool, you know. Yeah. I, you know, I'm just really into that kind of thing, you know. I love history. And so, so anything, am I. I could go on a history tour. I could go on oh, a history yeah. tour of the United States. Yep. But uh, it's one thing I think we both promote on this show big time, and it's something I've always wanted to promote. Is me personally is more history, not less. Right. You know? Yeah. Absolutely. So much more we could learn. So many different yep. perspectives we could really learn. Yeah, and and I mean a perspective we could learn more from studying history is that, you know, when cultures, when they meet. It can go one of two ways, you know, and I think that the way that it can go more smoothly is when there's more freedom allowed, more individual liberty, you know, Yeah. because... Me too, I agree. If This is a central problem, I think, really in America today, is that if... If one culture, if any culture, starts to feel like it's being pushed to the side, like it's being left out, like it's being oppressed in any sort of way, you know, it's gonna lash out. It's gonna, yeah. it, it, it's gonna have a much more collective mindset, you know. A lot of individuals will anyway, uh, and that's really, the, I mean, <laughs> that's what you have to expect to happen, you know. Uh, collectivism is an ugly, ugly reality. It's an ugly stain on the on the human uh, mindset or the, you know, the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for there? The human nature. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, a, it's an ugly stain on human nature, I think, collectivism. But it's a, it's a natural reaction, I think, when any group of people start to feel like they're just being swept under the rug, like their history and their culture is being swept under the rug yeah. and pushed aside. Sure. A- sure. Absolutely, uh, there's going to be a more collective mindset, and collective mindsets are just, they end up being destructive, you know? Individuals yeah. are mostly peaceful. Yeah. 99% of individuals you meet are just going to be peaceful individuals trying to live their life. But collective groups, not so much. It's yeah. not, you know, that's when that's when people can trying really... Trying to reshape yeah. things and... You know? I, I totally hear it. I totally, uh, I, I don't, I, I think it's... You know, with this many people on the planet and as sophisticated as it has become, I definitely think that's something that has to be like a gradual, um, you know, like you can't just uh, expect people overnight to really understand a concept like that or appreciate a concept like that from 
But I do think that like when things start to break down and when people start to like lose things that don't matter, right? You know, and they realize like what hard times feel like. More people start to feel hard times and really what it feels like to be uneasy and live uneasy and not just be able to get things you want. And, you know, man, it, uh, it might change. You know, people might start to really look at it like that. Like look at the person in the mirror and be like, what am I doing? Like for real, like that's, and how is it really affecting people around me? You know, like, yeah, maybe it, Maybe I feel like it's right because it gets me more money and it gets me this and it gets me these things. But I mean, at the end of the day, does that make me a better person? You know, that's right. like a, it's, it's, this is why I always liked Ron Paul. I always said, man, I hate to even call that guy a politician because this is a philosophical thing. This is actually not a, this is not a political right. thing. This is a... Ron Paul's a philosopher as far as yeah, I Yeah, and I agree with you too about the reason that we even started this uh, is that you know, is like you have these, these. Uh, you know, Santa Fe. I lived in Santa Fe for a while. It's a perfect example. It's like the city where people kind of, of all types of weirdness, move there. Like artistic mindsets, and they move there. It was like when Santa Fe, like it's an, it's one of the, it is the oldest capital in the United States. Right. It's still the capital. You know, it was, it's an old place. It's old Spanish, man. And they would come and like, uh, whether it's natives or Spanish or or then settlers would come and they would trade. You know, basically right. a huge trading post, and it still has those characteristics very greatly. I feel like it has like a huge farmers market and a very live culture of like growing food and eating healthy and yeah. being active. The mountains surround it, you know, and on one side, and then pretty much high desert on the other. And uh, you know, these places in our country are like, uh, I think, I think really, really sp- like special, man. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Well, I- I really they, like... they're worth being protected because I guess I I want to say because like we've talked about it like you know the United States separating and lines moving and that's all right. that's all fine and that probably is inevitable uh, obviously over time but at the same time you know we have a a great country and there's so much to learn from it man and to protect with it you know right. and 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 individual liberty probably is the best way rationally it's a philosophical change that we have to make we have to stop depending on this big machine to to draw the lines of what we need to be doing you know people have to look at themselves in the mirror and say like you know how do i really want my life and my existence to look and my right. kids existence to look or my nephews or the earth after i'm gone or whatever it is if you can't right. find any of that faith then yeah just keep chugging i don't know yeah. No, uh, you can have last word on this. Well, topic. what I was gonna say, you know, is uh, I really like, you know, like the Southwest, from California clear through Texas, you know, the whole Mexican border, basically of the United States. Excuse me. Uh, you know, we really live in a place where, just 180 years ago or so, cultures did clash. You know, you had Big that time. you had that Mexican Spanish culture and the Anglo American culture. Especially here in Texas, where it came to a, a real head, you know, with the Texas Revolution. Uh, and that was just another, you know, that's just another example. I, I think that's probably probably one of the best examples in American history of, of, of cultures clashing and one culture feeling like it's oppressed. You know, the, uh, the Anglo settlers, uh, two of their, you know, two of their biggest uh, 
complaints were that you know, the uh, first of all, you had to be a Catholic to buy land. You know, you had to be baptized in the Catholic faith to buy land. Most of the Anglo-American settlers were staunch Protestants. You know, uh, so of course that was a huge grievance. Also, the Mexican Constitution outlawed slavery. Many of those Anglo-Americans brought their slaves along with them. Yeah, that that's was a that's major kind issue. of that's kind of an un, not one that's talked about too much. Yes. but but that was certainly on a, on a lot of uh, Anglo-American settlers' mind. And I'm not trying to say that that slavery was was good or anything like that. You know, I, I agree. You know, I, I like that the Mexican Constitution outlawed slavery. Yeah, uh, but you also have to admit that slavery was kind of woven into the uh, at least the southern Anglo-American culture by that time and that that was just another cultural grievance they had. But we live today in, I think, a, a pretty peaceful conglomeration of Anglo-American of Anglo-American and Spanish culture uh, here in South Texas at least. You see it all the, you see it in the architecture, you hear it in the music. I mean, you, you can't drive through certain parts of San Antonio without feeling like you're kind of in Mexico or something. Yeah, you know? especially when you go further and, south as well. Yep. You know? and, uh, That's one of the vibes I love about the valley, man. Right. You know, As a matter of yeah. fact, I really do. It's almost like you really are in another country in some ways. Mm-hmm. Like The culture is very prevalent, man. Right. Like in architecture, in the way it just looks, feels. Yep. You know, I don't know, you can't really... It's a hard thing to explain. You know, right. you kind of have to be in those places to feel it, right? Yep. I, that's another thing. But, yeah, and, and to your point about, um, uh, the, uh, you know, the, that clash of society back then with slavery, we, we have talked about that a little bit on, on one of the episodes before, but we should really talk about that more extensively one time because I feel like with everything that's gone on, especially in this past year, but even in the mid-90s with race riots and... And in the 1960s, you know, with the whole, I mean, the civil rights movement and what it was, man, like, that is such an interesting time. And we live in an interesting place because when the Battle of the Alamo was fought, the only people that lived and were released were uh, some non-combatant women, children, and some slaves. Yep. Who were slaves to the Anglo-American settlers that that were now dead. Right. Right. And so they released these people. What happened to them? Because they were technically the first, some of the first free, you know, I mean, where did they go? And I I think one of them, I believe, was tracked to go down south to Mexico where slavery was still, uh, you know, uh, it was was gone. It was abolished for for a while already. You know, it had been, what, 15, 20 years at least Mm -hmm. since it had been abolished. And by the way, slavery of any nationality, you know, down right. in Mexico, you know, like had been abolished, you know, so they were far ahead of the Anglo-American ways at that time, for sure, in that regard, I agree, right. man, that's, it makes this area very unique in that, and, and it's not just something that's not really, that's deep history, it's a way different perspective, you have to really dig to get it on the surface, right. you don't see it but that's what makes history fun it's not just what's written right there in front of your face in a paragraph but really digging into the different perspectives and all the different people that were involved and where they went and what happened after that well i mean another one that you you got to mention if you're talking about central texas is the germans big cultural influence out here i I mean there were so many very german settlements out here fredericksburg kerrville new bronzeville you know you live in a town uh, you know 
there's there's Vanderpool, you know, there's uh, that's very true. I've always thought like Vanderpool <laughs> just yeah, 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 you say it like just that. Sounds very German. <laughs> that's funny. But, yeah, yeah. I say that every it time is. I pass no, the Very much so. Very much you know? it is. The German uh, German Spanish when you say Anglo German was the most prevalent. Oh, yeah. uh, it was German, Spanish, and uh, then you know, and then uh, who was the Indian, uh, the Indian girl that was that was captured at like the age of nine years old by the Comanches, and then actually oh. brought up with the Comanches, mm-hmm. and then her son became like the last like uh, Comanche chief or she became the last Comanche chief or what what, and I don't know what the story I know I read about that once but I can't remember interesting story we should we'll we'll, we'll do more more work into that and look that up because those are like those stories right there man uh, I know it's like a they don't have the internet they were fighting over things that mattered to them in their way of life right you know and if we didn't have the communication that we have today and the the willingness and the ability to communicate with each other you know those things would still be in existence because they had in their time they didn't know any better. It doesn't make anybody right or wrong right. to me. It's like really everyone did, they didn't know what they no one really knew what they were doing per se. Right. You know, it's just like when when they got to that point, all they knew is to fight over it because they felt like their way of life was being threatened. Yep. You know, and that's it. And then it, it was always that way. And that's like the story of that was like. That's that's war in a historic sense. Yeah. Now today, you know, that's not how war is anymore. Now it's like now it's, it's all political. It, it, it's more political interest. More political. And when we talk about political interest, I think there's nothing more apparent to me than uh, than the last year with COVID nineteen. Oh. You know, the past year and a half, and we really haven't talked about this in a while because we just there's no real need to. And I don't. I think I know what we're both going to probably say about this, but, uh, you know, it is all over the place really in, in around is that, you know, people are really trying to drive like new variants and, you know, you're starting to feel the talk kind of slip back in, you know, the vaccinations, of course, you know, if if the vaccinations are strong and you're vaccinated, what does it matter? Yeah. If someone else, you know, gets vaccinated or not, I'm sure... Some doctor out there probably has an answer for that, maybe, or maybe they don't. You know, it might be a political doctor, and right. they have a political answer for that, but either way. Well, yeah. I was actually uh, just listening to the uh, Liberty Report today, and they were talking about a uh, study that was done, I believe, in the UK, where it actually showed that there there was sort of a resurgence of, uh, of COVID uh, cases uh, that actually appeared mostly among people who had never contracted it to begin with but many of these had already been vaccinated and they but they still got the covid you know because their their immune system still had not been introduced to it you know uh and the statistics showed that people who had gotten it and gotten over it naturally Basically, none of them had a resurgence of cases. Yeah. But it was all these people who hadn't gotten it, but had gotten the vaccine. And it just shows that, you know, our our natural immune systems are amazing. <laughs> you they know? really they're, are. They're, yeah, they're, no, they're incredible. Yeah, I think people should. And, but, uh, yeah, you know, we, like vaccinations are really a testy thing. You know, I think that. You know, 
everyone wants to say I'm not an anti-vaxxer. They want to make sure they clarify that. Yeah. I'm not an anti-vaxxer, but but it's like even if you're not, like you shouldn't have to be ashamed to say anything. Right. You know, I think that num- that's number 1. If you don't like vaccinations, look, there is some real evidence in the past. Spanish flu 1975-76 uh, and probably COVID-19 before it's all said and done vaccination. Mm-hmm of passing this all through way too quick, you know, and trying to rush things through like this. Uh, you know, man, th- there's healthy skepticism yeah. of vaccination. I think that's fair, right? So, right. And, but I also, too, I don't, like the, I don't like the term anti-vaxxer because I don't think there is a true anti-vaxxer. I think that if there was something that was way tested and helped people, everyone would just do it right. and would know that's good. I'm going to yeah. try that, you know? If yeah. not, they're not. They're, they're going to distrust it. I don't think you're going to find anyone out there who's going to say, "Oh no, they shouldn't have." No, that polio vaccine. Oh no. Look, yeah, I'm about we, to we didn't need listen. That polio listen, vaccine. I'm about to. I'm oh, about yeah, to change yeah. the subject because <laughs> I have a good question. We'll come back to this in a little bit. But yeah. Joe just came in. I wanted to ask Joe this. Oh, I was yeah. saying, if Joe comes out here, I'm going to ask this question. All right. And we were talking about this earlier with the continental United States, or or yeah. I, mean, I mean, just North America, and then the United States and Canada and. Mexico, all the way from the Yucatan to Alaska, okay? Alaska is uh, way up there, way north of Canada. So here's my question to you, Joe. Should Alaska be a part of Canada? (laughs) Should should Alaska be a part of Canada? Yeah. You know, would it make more sense for Alaska to be a part of Canada? Why? Because of where it is geographically. Oh, well, from where it is geographically, yeah, yeah, it should be part of Canada. Yeah. From where it is geographically, but then they ask where Canada is geographically, should it be part of the United States? That's a good point. That's a good point. Well, but nothing else really separates it necessarily. Should the United States be part of Mexico? And You know, you can go on and go on and go on. Maybe you could, but in that sense, though, like, it's literally a piece of the United States that's, like, up here. And then the rest is over here. With Canada, that's the whole country. With Mexico, that's the whole country. The United States is the one that has it right here, and then it has a little piece up here. But the reason well, we got a piece floating around out in the ocean. Yeah. I know Hawaii. Well, that's another one. That yeah. One could. One could be. You know, I I believe in Hawaii. There is really like a resistance culture to right. to, to to like that type of like. I mean, we're out here, man. They probably think we're out here on our own, no matter what. You can yeah. say what you want, but like. You know, we're out here on our own. Literally in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. Would you live in Hawaii? Yes. Would you live there? You would? Wouldn't mind it so much, huh? Not at all. (laughs) Yeah. Have you ever been there? Yes. You have? Been to Maui and Kauai. Dang. The Green Island. That's Kauai. They call it the Green Island. I don't know why. Maybe (laughs) people smoke a lot of weed. (laughs) They probably do on both of them. Oh, you yeah. Know? All the islands. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it's an interesting question. and and But the reason that Alaska is a part of the United States, I believe, is because Great Britain owned, had what is now Canada at the time, yeah. and the Russians are, didn't want to sell it to, you know... They didn't want to sell it to Britain. Yeah, so, so they, they sold, sold it to, it to the, the U.S. Kind of out of spite. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then just a few years later, it became Canada, right? So it was like, uh, kind of like one of those... Yep. Whoops. If they'd have waited yeah. just a few more years, they could have just sold so. What it is Canada? Canada? What if Canada wants Alaska and they come to the United States and say, "Look, we want to, we want, we want to claim Alaska." Well, I mean, they, I guess they could offer to buy it. 
I guess. What about I the mean, people of Alaska? Did they well, have a say yeah, so? Would say, there you know, be a there, referendum? I, there would have to be some sort of referendum. Oh, yeah. Think, right? Yeah. They'd have to have a say you so yeah. in that, right? No, you're yeah. Because you'd be selling people. Well, you'd be taking away citizenship. Yeah, it'd be crazy. You'd have to give them dual citizenship. They'd be like, hold on, hold on. Before we vote, do we get health care? <laughs> yeah right. All right, we're in. No, I, th- I, yeah, no, I, I, you couldn't, you couldn't just sell Alaska no this matter how good. The, oh yeah, <laughs> water in a mason jar. Oh, yeah. oh water. <laughs> that's boonshine. Boonshine. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes some lemon in there, you know. Yeah. Right. Best Spice way to go. Live yeah. dangerously. Man, <laughs> it's already hard enough, you know, driving home. At 40 miles per hour trying to play dodge deer you know yeah. what I'm saying so I just I keep it with the water you know but no it's a that's a that's a crazy thing man to me that Alaska is a is a part of the United States I oftentimes yeah. look at the map and Hawaii too and yeah. Hawaii too uh, but kind of reminds me of like what uh, which state is it I think it's Michigan that like the most of the state is down here but then there's a part of it on the other side yeah. of the lake that's attached to, uh, man, what other state? Like Ohio? Or, man, I'm, I don't yeah. know. I'm not good with that Great Lakes region. Yeah, I don't know what other state it is. Uh, is it but actually, anyway, it's kind it of is. the same kind of thing going yeah. on. You look at the map, you're like, what's up with that, you know? Yeah. Like, why didn't that state just invade and just take, the, <laughs> take yeah. that peninsula? <laughs> yeah, what's the history behind yeah. it being there? You know, there probably was, yeah. you know, all these lines... To, the lines today were conflicts yesterday, right? Yep. Like pretty much all of them. Pretty much. Uh, yeah. There's actually, there was a, a History Channel series called "How the States Got Their Shapes." Did you ever watch that one? Uh uh-uh. uh no? no. Yeah, it, it ran on the History Channel for for a while. I mean, I guess you can only do so many episodes, but uh, but it it delved into all that. Every episode was just a new like, how did this state get its shape? You know. Yeah. And, and, uh, well, I, I will say, and then and then back to this real quick too. So I'm gonna ask you this, Levi. If if all of a sudden uh, you go to the grocery store and you start to feel that they're bringing back the mask mandates, yeah, what do you do, man? How do you feel? You wear a mask? Do you do fall like back my, into it? No, I mean I never. I didn't wear a mask through basically this whole thing. Do you think there was you, there was I think two occasions where I was uh, actually approached and. Then I, I, you know, I'm not gonna sit there and make a scene it, in the middle of a grocery store. So that, I always had one in my back pocket, but only think, on those two. Do you occasions. think people will protest if they come out with like lockdowns and mask mandates again? Oh yeah, probably. Yeah, wouldn't surprise me. I don't me. think people are gonna go for another lockdown. Again. That's what I'm saying. No, yeah, yeah. I, I agree. No, I don't think they will either. The, too many small, will. too many small businesses that are just might be coming back now. Yeah. And just people are just tired of that. You know, what would be the... The other thing is, what would be the reasonable excuse at this point? Right. Like, there's vaccinations. There's better understanding of things. uh, You've had time. There's no reason. Like, that was the sell in the first place. Two weeks to slow the curve, you know? Right. How would you really... I think it'd be very hard to sell that to people at this point. You know, I think there would be a, a way larger resistance this time than there was the first time. Right. Like, people no, will be I like, agree. the hell with that. But make no mistake, <coughs> it's coming upon us wave on wave. All right? Yep. That's what they're going to keep. They are going to keep playing this card, man. Because at the end of the day, we talked about this a long, when we first started the Great Reset. 
Yep. And you know, man, they want to they they want to use things like this any way they can as long as they can. So they're gonna they're gonna take it. They'll take it until we won't take it. Right. You know, they'll take it as far as you know. Let's see what businesses will keep making people wear masks. Let's see if any any small communities will make their people put mask mandates on. You know, right. but they're they're going to push that. And by they, it's those people interested. And having those types of controls over people that want people to get vaccinated. Why do they want people to get vaccinated? They just get more money, right? I mean, yep. it's it's more money. It's the game. Well, it's the all a money game. It's all free. Well, they're not free. Nothing's Somebody's free. paying those Nothing companies is free. for those, yeah, for no those vaccinations. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, whether it's our kids or whoever it is, they're getting government checks. Some yeah. the companies are well, getting no. checks. They, they print out money. To give to these drug corporations, and then we just have to deal with, or we as in us and our children and our grandchildren, have to deal with the inflation that comes along with it later. And do you trust those those drug, large drug companies, the pharmaceutical companies? No. With that? No. Do you trust them? I don't trust anybody that, <laughs> or anything that's ran by the federal government. <laughs> or, or in bed with them like that, yeah. you know, yeah. even worse. Even it's worse. All, it's all written yeah. by the federal. Yeah, yeah. It really, it's it's really bad, man. That's that's not a good way to run things. That's 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 obviously a very ineffective. You can way to run eat, you know, in the way social media and stuff is, you can say basically it's ran by the government. Not so much that the government has their name on it, but they're in bed. They're in bed together because Facebook and all them are going to peter up to the government. For whatever reasons they're doing it. Yeah, control, right? Yeah. I guess money. Money is another thing. Control. You know, money, power, you know, having yeah. that life. That they got to control yep. what we want. They got to control what, or try to control what we think. They're trying to change everybody's way of thinking. Well, that's the thing, too, because if they can't, if people wake up to their to their behavior and society turns on them, they know what they're, what they're looking at. Right. And that's another thing why they want power so bad. They don't want people to change their minds and to look at look at them like they're not powerful. Because if you look at it like that, they really are. They're, you know, you can say people that know the law a lot better than I do can say whatever they want about whether what those companies do is like lawful per se in our society today. But they're trying to manipulate people's minds. I think yeah. by now we know that, and and that's evident, and that's just immoral. Right. It's just immoral on on so many on so many levels. Yep. Well, and, when they try to teach, uh, children of, you know, are you really a boy? You know, whatever that's called. I can't remember having a brain fart. Transgender. But, yeah, you know. What sex are you? There, tell that tell, tells you right now what. Where the system is, yeah, telling that to young kids. You know, you know, if it's okay, it if is. it's okay to talk to the kids about that in school, but you're not allowed to talk to them about the Bible in school, well, then somebody's got a jacked up brain somewhere. Yeah. You know, right. there's a lot of 
dumbass rules in this country that make entirely no damn sense. Yeah, I just had that. And I just know? had a. I just had a quick rip on rules, yep, and I yep. forgot. To, by the way, I forgot to put the intro and outro in on that. But I'm just gonna let it slide because I'm not gonna uh, delete it and put it back up. But but no, you're right. You're so right. And here, you know, and here's the and here's the deal. How stupid people have gotten. Back in the day when I was a kid, growing up, you didn't see warning labels on the freaking cl battery car battery that you're buying saying, please don't drink the battery acid. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Good God. Yeah, please don't eat the Tide Pod. <laughs> yeah, you know? You know? <laughs> yep. It's ridiculous. You know, what, yeah. you know that's, how, that's how, literally how dumb people have gotten. Yeah, you know, it's crazy. It, and I, I seen this on the Facebook the other day, and I loved it. Let's take the warning labels off everything and let stupidity just run its course. <laughs> that's yeah. great, yeah. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah. That's a meme. Yeah, I seen that, and I was like, yeah, let's do that. Yeah. <laughs> That's what that's what memes do. They tell that quick hit, you know, that they yep. get to your pull your heartstring in a second, you know, the memes. Yep. With a funny picture attached oftentimes. Yeah. No. Yeah. Put things back like it used to be. You know, I know y'all talked about the uh, Democrats walking out of Austin. We haven't talked about it yet, but oh, yeah, we are going to. Yeah, yeah we are. We'll talk about it. Well, my God, if I got kicked, you know, if I just walked off my job because I didn't agree with my boss and left for two damn weeks or whatever, well, I, I, I wouldn't have a job. Yeah. Bottom line. Bottom line. Yeah. You don't walk away from your job. The people elected you, you bunch of pussies. Get back to work. Yeah. Well, and, and really, you know, all of the politicians, like there's not a politician really in this country that should be taking their jobs very lightly right now. You know, yeah. like they should not like like really they're not no one's really doing a good job in and really getting this getting this under control in any way, right. shape or form. From a from a economic standpoint, like their own house in order. Both parties are attacking each other so viciously. No there's no clarity in anything. You know, it's all a game, you know. But 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 I will say, Joe, I think I think a large part of this is what you said a minute ago. Is the rules thing because th this is why I brought this up on the quick rip the other day. The rules are important because when you have rules that are just and for the and for people and for society, so you have a, the rules, the, the you know the golden rule, yeah. you know some of the you know and, and it, that's old thinking, man. And it's like people respect that and they know it's protecting them, so they'll protect the rules. When people see that the rules are now just protecting the rich people's interest and certain people get away with things that they can't get away with there's no rules anymore yep. all rules are off now you know what I'm saying even the golden rule uh, and that's what you're seeing do people just have such a lack of respect for rules because everything's a rule well <laughs> if your governmental office is in chaos like it is right now between the Democrats and Republicans your people are going to be in chaos because they're not being led, they're not being taken care of. You know, look at the kings back in the day that didn't take care of their people. The people, well, the king didn't last very long. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. No, I, I, I do think that that is in some ways what you're seeing with this. It's a real ugly 
uh, breakdown of the poli- of the political wave. Has. See ya, Joe. Yeah, Thank you for your input, man. Yeah. But uh, yeah, and now that you know that is a, kind of a. I don't I don't care red or blue, man. I just think like the political way that people treat politics, like the politicians treat their job and the way they're acting, it's like really almost childish. It's almost like children are running the show. Right. And and uh, that's just sad to me. You know, they they're playing this types of politics when, like we were talking about, like what have what's gone on to fix the electric grid and the problem? It, it you know what have we done to enhance that and to improve that system? Have they even worked on that, or have they just been fighting each other the whole time? Right. One of them leaves the state, the other one, you know, does this. And, you know, I mean, it's it's become so bad that it's like I think there's a large portion of this society that are really now they're at the phase where they're just starting to turn it off, right? Because the theater has become so bad. Yep. No, I. That's agree. the media too. Not just yeah. the politics, like the mainstream media. Right. It's my opinion. No, I agree. I, people, in general, are just over it. You know? I went to San Antonio just the other day, and there were plenty of stores we walked into where there was big old sign, masks required, you know? All customers must wear masks, you know, with the must capitalized and double underlined, you know? <laughs> And still, you walk in there, and it's like maybe half compliance, you know, maybe. Even in San Antonio, big city, you know. The masks are coming off, man. People are, people are done with it. They're, you're going to have your holdouts, you know. Like, like, we've, like we've said before, you know, there's two different kind of worlds right now people are in. And the people who think that the mask is some sort of statement for themselves, like they don't... I've, you know, I've, I don't know if you've seen, like, there's been in- interviews. People have been, uh, this guy went out and interviewed people on the streets, like, asking them, have you been vaccinated? Yeah. Well, why are you wearing a mask, you know? Or, like, this was right after Dr. Fauci came out and said, if you've been vaccinated, you don't need to wear a mask, you know? And they asked all these people, why are you still wearing a mask if you're vaccinated? And they said, I, oh, I don't want people to think I'm a... You know, fill in the blank here. You know, Trumper, Republican, anti-vaxxer. Yeah. You know, whatever they say. I don't want people to think this way. It, the the mask has become. It's not even a. It's not even a health tool for them yeah. anymore. It's, it's like just who, a virtue who, signal. Who gives a shit what people think? Yeah. Are you safe it, or are you not it's, safe? It's almost like know? at this point, it's almost like a bumper sticker on your face. Yeah. It's just it's a bumper sticker covering your mouth. And knows yeah. for a lot of people, I'm sure, sure there's some people out there who really think it's sure, it's yeah. helping them. But there are also I know a lot of people out there who completely understand that they do not need to wear that mask. But like I said, it's like a bumper sticker for their face. Well, I mean, even the even like like the president, you know. And, and again, if you want to wear a mask all the time, go ahead. I I really don't really care. Yeah. You know, if that's uh, something that you want to do, but like. If you're saying that everyone needs to because they need to be safe, no, that's yeah. you. That's on you for yep. sure. No, that's not true. Like I'm, I ask myself the question: What do I need to do to keep myself and my family safe? Right. That's what I need to do. You know, like I don't, I don't give a shit what someone thinks about me. You know, when they see, oh, 
you have a does this you know are you wearing a mat like yeah. you think what you want like is he wearing blue jeans look at those shoes he's wearing I don't care you know like I yeah. people are all gonna have their opinions that's great you know right more power to you dude you know again people should do more like looking in the mirror you know yeah. what I'm saying focus just be focused on that and yeah. like it'd be a much better world if more people were and that's that's like the bottom line with this. When something, when this thing came out, again, I think people had the reaction of like, okay, we don't know what we're dealing with. Yeah. You know, and I think they had a lot of give with a lot of people there, even though people were very highly like questionable, you know? Right. This is questionable. This time, if they try to push anything too strong, they're going to get a greater resistance. I believe I, so. I, I believe that will happen. That's just, I, it's an unfortunate reality if yeah. they continue to try to pass things. Like... I don't know much about this, but I do know, like, in South Africa right now, you're having, uh, you know, they, I, I, I don't know if it's overdriven and it's really hard to get real, you know, ideas of what's going on. But in Cuba, obviously, what's going on there, and mm -hmm. I know there's other countries in the world, even in Europe as well, uh, and also places, you know, in the United States that have been pretty uneasy I'm sure, obviously, with the past year and stuff of, like, large protest and rioting mixed in with it, you, uh, these, these places that they're, people are coming undone, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, whatever that means. Like, if that means people are going to come out of this with a lot more, uh, like, mental illness and, uh, like, lack of knowing what, where they want to go and where they're headed and, uh, like, the, the chickens are going to come to roost. Right. You know, like, they need to stop pushing and stop, start being concerned with, like, uh, we all do. Not not they. We all do with, like, really treating each other more kindly and just being more patient with each other now more, now more than ever. Yeah. You know, because it's going to be that way, man. People are just fed up, man. They're fed up and they're also broken down. And, and uh, you know, like... Uh, this guy, the guy we've talked about, Gerald Salente, you know, you've yep. seen him, you know, he always oh, yeah. says that, man, when people lose everything, they have nothing left to lose, they lose it. And it's, it's a great quote, man, it's a really strong quote, and it's just true to the core of the human, uh, you know, every human, no matter what country you're in, or what, what you believe, or anything, like, when you lose hope, yeah. you, you lose your shit. You have the tendency to lose your shit. You got nothing left to lose except for it. <laughs> yeah, whatever it is, you know. <laughs> so that's just kind of an interesting perspective uh, on right. that. But uh, I, I, I hope we can never talk about this again. Really, I, I, we, I grew tired of talking about it at a certain point because, like, that was just in every we had to. It was so invasive on our lives, you know. And it was so frustrating, and I uh, really grew out of that. You know, where we live is our choice, and right. you know we're more open and don't you know have to really listen to that. For people that do, that are fighting that, you know, there's a lot of people still fighting that oh, yeah. battle right now and have never stopped. And uh, Shoot, man, it's it's crazy, you know, and I, I, I hope that really goes away, man. We have to use better sense and stop with this, you know. It's, it's ridiculous, man. Yeah. How long has it been? It's been too long to have any argument of, like, all the time wearing masks everywhere and locking people down. That's just not an option anymore to me. Right. It's, it's not an option. Uh, the next, the next is the next thing is uh, 
a, a, a while back, uh, the first time this was brought to my attention is people were all ranting on one side. They were ranting about how uh, there was like, uh, uh, the I, I believe it was the Black Lives Matter organization that wanted to like deplete the, they wanted to, uh, let's see, disrupt the nuclear family. It was on their website. Oh, yes. And they took it down. But then you look deep into that and it's more, it's, uh, it's not associated with Black Lives Matter as deeply as it is with actually like Marxism, you know, right. and I don't know. Some people say that the Black Lives Matter organization is kind of a wing of a Marxist organization. I don't know enough right. about it to really know whether or not, you know. I've definitely seen some hammers and some sickles. Yeah, definitely seen some scandals in in yeah. those. It's always the yeah. big organizations, yeah. man. That bullshit, man. It's like you said, the collective. It's yeah. always that way, man. Like and they use a message like that to to that's that's the that's this. Anyways, you put these ideas in, and there was that one idea that stuck out to me: disrupt the nuclear family. I have a wife and kids. Right. You know, you you do as well, and you know Kevin comes on here. He has wife and kids. Obviously, your dad had kids as a wife. You know, and right. I mean, you know, so many people throughout the country and the world have a significant other and kids. What is the good in? I I have a hard time seeing what in the what is the good in in doing that. You know what is, what would be the good in disrupting the nuclear family? What well, would be the argument for that? The argument that Marx and Engels made in the Communist Manifesto was basically that uh, the family unit is like the smallest. It's basically the fundamental unit of patriarchy and uh, uh, I can't remember the other word they used to describe it. I just had it up on my uh, on my phone here. But uh, anyway, they basically believe that it's like it's the central unit of capitalism and patriarchy. You know, it's you boil it all down and it all comes from the family unit. And uh, you know, th this goes back to like kind of like the, the Plymouth uh, colony. We've talked about that, the Plymouth experiment with communism on this show before, how they had a, they tried a system of, you know, from each, uh, whatever they can do, and to each according to whatever they need, you know, that kind of system, and it failed. Lots of people starved. And afterwards, what they did was they separated out plots of land, and they said, okay, now families get these, you know, you get this land, you use this land to provide for your family, and that was kind of, you know, that, that was uh, the first experiment with it here in, here in America anyway. But uh, the family unit is, it's the central, it's the unit of, of uh, at least to the communists, it's the unit of capitalism, it's the unit of patriarchy. I think where they say like the wife is just, a, she becomes just a tool or something, like a tool to the patriarchy or something like that. But I guess that I don't understand what they're, why they would want to do that either. But that's what Marx and Engels say in in the Communist Manifesto is basically just that, it's just the central unit of where it all gets bred into the children. You know, dude, it gets, my it wife gets, calls me a tool. No, but uh, yeah, no, okay, so that that is that that's is that's their the, that's their argument. The, yeah, anyway. well, that's that's yeah. kind of what I I. I think about is the the first thing you have to do, at least for me, that I like to do. No one has to do it. I like to do it is to, before I like really try to disagree with something, is try to 
try to understand it better before I just want to sit there and like shit all over it. But to me, that's one that I, I really have a problem with because I almost think the opposite in so many ways. You right. know, I think that people that really break down and lose themselves, actually, that's a lot of things that they're missing. This family. You know, as some of those values that are great yeah. to have and that type of connection. Well, and I mean, and it's it's the opposite of our philosophy, basically, because we believe that, you know, well, at least I, I say we, I, I'm, I'm not going to speak for you, but I believe that the... Uh, the family is the is the essential unit of, of liberty of freedom, you know uh, that the family you know I, if you're a religious person the church you know these are these things are your family is your responsibility yeah you know you know if you're in a if you're in a church organization a lot of people like that because it's a it's a community that looks that will look out for each other take care of one another but these are voluntary associations that's another thing about a family is that it's a voluntary association well maybe not for the kids but <laughs> you know but uh, but it's not something that's put together by force you yeah, know yeah or anything like that it's not a it, it, same thing with like a church it's a voluntary association of individuals <laughs> and families coming together and, you know, when it comes to... There's some communists who just want to get their friends together and buy a plot of land and do a little communist thing. You know what? I have no problem with that. Yeah. It, it, I mean, it, any, yeah. Any, any... That, as far as I'm concerned, is a voluntary association of people. As long as they're not, you know, forcing anyone to stay there. I have yeah. no problem if somebody wants to no, go start totally. a little commune. I, that that uh, I heard this one time. I don't remember where I heard it, but it, it was a quote that really stuck with me. And that was that under anarchism, you could have communist communities. But under communism, you cannot have anarchist communities. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, and that, that's always been a, a quote that stuck with me, you know? Yeah, but, but, you know, I, 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 I absolutely agree that it's a fundamental part of it. Is and like even with that Plymouth experiment, it kind of proves that it's like what the value of having like that of family, a family, a family unit. Yeah, and I mean, you know, I, I just that, think that that family, you know, like for me, for me personally, I can speak from my own point of view. It's that's like that's my proudest thing. It's right. you know my wife and I's relationship, a relationship with my kids, like. All yeah. the time, like I value that more than anything else. Yep. Well, and I think that what you know, what I really think communists fear from the family is its potential from it for independence. The family is like a symbol of independence, you know, and may, maybe not not even like like just the typical four person family, a husband and a wife and two kids or whatever. But like, I don't, I know around here, there's a few of what you might call fl family clans. You know, who I guarantee you, if shit hits the fan, they're gonna be all right. Yeah. You know. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, that kind of it, like I said, I, I see the family as like the the unit of liberty, the unit of independent, the individual unit of it. I guess you you know, the individual is the individual unit of it, but like I said, a voluntary association of the of the uh, units. Yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting, uh, I, I just, 
that kind of had stuck out to me at some point a while back, and I wanted, and we, I thought about having it as a segment, and then I thought to put it in tonight because it just thought it'd be an right. interesting thing to kind of just break down that thought and 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 to never come from an, an idea too of like I never want to come at something like I, I'm attacking it, you know, uh, even if I disagree with it, you know, you can disagree with something and not have to crap all over it, you know, it just right. don't make sense to me, and that's fine, that's perfectly fine, right? I mean. Yeah. In a free society, you know, I we mean, can disagree, right? Yeah, absolutely. If anybody hands me a copy of the Communist Manifesto, though, and I have a lighter handy... No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're allowed to do yeah, whatever you yeah, want, yeah, man. Right. You know, again, I mean, if people want to get pissed right. off on their own yeah. on their own accord, I guess they can do that. But, you know, if they, again, what does it yeah. matter to you if someone disagrees? You know, like, right. what does it make? It no, should just yeah, live your I mean, life. Yeah. You know, if everyone believes in freedom, you just live your life. Just yeah. do your thing, you exactly. know, like no one's, you know. No, and I wouldn't, if somebody did genuinely walk up to me and had, I've been handed lots of things, you know, yeah. I've been handed church pamphlets, I've been handed all sorts of propaganda and stuff, you know, I, guess what? I was raised a Jehovah's Witness. I was once one of those people who handed you a pamphlet, you know? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. But, knock, uh, knock. Yeah, <laughs> not. Ding dong, your religion is wrong. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. But, uh, that was always one of my favorites. <laughs> no better way to, no better way to open the door with that, yeah. you know. But, yeah, you know, I mean, heck, I didn't even think about that. I mean, being, being raised a Jehovah's Witness, I can't crap on anybody who goes around handing out pamphlets of their ideologies or beliefs you know absolutely i have no place to talk about that but uh that's an ascent that's a freedom you know there are there are countries where the jehovah's witnesses can't do that yeah you know in russia and china there are the jehovah's witnesses are not free to do their preaching like they are here in america and even here in america uh you know anyone listening to this might 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 have noticed that there has not been the familiar knock on your door at nine o'clock on a Saturday morning recently since the uh, coronavirus came around, and that's actually because the witnesses uh, suspended their door-to-door operations until further notice, and they are still they are still on further notice right really? as of right now. Yeah, Jeez, but uh, but that's pretty big in their community, right? No, that's okay. huge. Yeah. That's a huge. Believe me. Growing up a witness, and just to clarify, I'm not a Jehovah's Witness anymore. I do not speak for the organization or anything like that. Uh, but uh, growing up a witness, I definitely never thought there was something that would make, the, you know, the, anything that would make the witnesses stop knocking on doors. Yeah. In fact, I mean, you're kind of shown all sorts of examples growing. Their, their decision really shocked me. I mean, of course, I, I dropped out of the organization about the time I was 18, about 10 years ago, but uh, their decision really shocked me, you know, because they talked a lot about, you know, uh, the brothers and sisters in China and Russia and how they're having, they have like little underground pamphlet operations, dude, like sit like over there, you know, they're, they're over there kind of breaking the law, you know, but, but under their beliefs, it's supposed to be that God's law comes first, you know, yeah. and God's law is to preach the good word. So that's what they do, yeah. you know, but 
I, I, I kind of find, I found it a little ironic how they kind of put that up on a pedestal here in the States. That gets talked about a lot. But then all it took was, a, you know, a, an introduced pandemic to make them all stop. to make them stop here in the states and that kind of disheartened me I'm not going to lie yeah kind of disheartened me I was like man even if a, if an organization even like the witnesses that's that determined to, to knock on your door and spread what they you know uh, what they believe to be the truth to you that uh that says something that said yeah. something to me anyway yeah you know? for sure yeah well it's also it gets it gets into uh you know the idea of religion and and how powerful it really is, you know. It's more. It is more powerful than it stands above uh, people's laws, you know, countries' oh, yeah. laws, and those lines that we always talk about. And people for their religion will do, you know. I mean, they'll, they'll blow themselves up in yeah, some cases. In some you know, cases, yeah. as radical as it gets, yep. and some will live a great life and right. will find great value in it. Yep. And so uh, it's just a real fine line, but uh, yeah. it is a very powerful and thing. No one who has seriously studied history could discredit religion's role in really holding civilization together in many circumstances, oh, in many instances throughout history. You know, uh, this might be one of them. There's there's a lot of people you know today who will make the argument that you know. You, you don't have to be religious to have morals, and I agree, you don't. You don't have to be religious to have morals, but I, I also think that uh, that's because we live in the 21st century, you know, that's because we've already undergone two millennia of Western civilization, you know, yeah. where, where we, we've informa- gotten to, yeah. You know, you know, and, an information revolution, basically. Right, you know, and that's the thing, I think, you know, with, with these cultural Marxists who just want to chop the legs off of Western civilization and just kind of say that we're just going to start all over. I, I see them kind of as uh, like they're standing on the shoulders of a giant, but they think they're flying, you know. I mean, with these people who just want to completely scrap religion, scrap the family, scrap all, everything about traditional Western society, you know, because yeah. they think, the oh, fall, we, we the don't... Fall, we, the fall will be hard and they won't yeah. be able to control it, essentially. Exactly. Yes, I, I, I see that. I, I agree with that assessment. And uh, and then, again, back to that is like with, with freedom, you know, as long as you're not hurting anybody else, you know, you always emphasize that, you know, is that, that golden rule. Um, man... Freedom is the way, man. I mean, it, it makes the most sense to me in my mind. It's right. always been the most compatible with mine. And uh, that is for sure. And uh, that's why I do respect the United States. And again, I, I, I back to the history thing, just to kind of tie this back together earlier, is like, it's taken us a lot, a lot of mistakes, a long way to get here. You know, like yep. this, in, in human history, not just in American history, in human history. To get to this idea of like, oh man, maybe like yeah. at the individual is the answer. Not like that we all need to like get into Not these large groups these and form a larger groups. group and form a bigger group and a bigger... It's like if, it, if the individual is broken, everything is broken. Yep. You know, it's, it's not even worth it. You know, you have to... You can't lose sight of that. You cannot lose sight of that. It's not to say you shouldn't get together and associate with people or do that, you know, if... For certain instances, I'm sure it's very relevant. I think there's a always right. a balance in everything. But well, I'm just saying, you know. You know, absolutely. I mean, 
cultures. You know, that's, that's all culture is, really. It's just a, it's a group of people who are unified by perhaps common ancestors, common traditions, common, uh, you know... I geographical mean, location. Geographical yeah. location, you know, ancestral location or something like that. Uh, these are groups that are going to exist, you know, unless you've... unless. You know, uh, wasn't there like a Twilight Zone episode or something like that where, like, everyone was exactly the same? Everything was exactly the same? Everyone thought exactly the same, you know? Yeah. And that was passed off then as, like, a horror situation. Whereas I think there's a lot of people out there now who would pass that off as some sort of ideal situation. <laughs> yeah. You know? Uh I see, you know, I think that individual, I think that different cultures are a beautiful thing. And I believe that every, every individual belongs to some sort of culture and that they should be allowed to be proud of it and they should be allowed to embrace it and they should be allowed to celebrate it, you know. Uh, and like I said earlier, if any sort of culture feels like they're not allowed to do any of those, you know, or, or just one of those things, you can only naturally expect some pushback. But, uh... I think that when people form collectives, kind of like with the family or like with the church, a voluntary collective is, a, is an okay thing, in my opinion. It's only when those collectives start to try and coerce other collectives that it becomes their, a problem. Yeah, yeah. When, when a collective starts to insist that everyone else must live like them, must think like them, that's, but you know... I guess some would say that that might be an inevitable consequence of any sort of collective. But, uh, yeah. you know, I mean, even the church doesn't have a very a very solid track record when it comes to not trying to coerce people. Yeah. You know? But, uh, but I still believe that individual liberty is the way to go, you know, when it comes down to that. And individuals have to be allowed to... Uh, have their own cultures, participate in their own cultures, but it's it's just when they try and coerce others that they become a problem, you know. Yeah. Yeah, well, I definitely think that's a uh that's a good that's a good way to kind of wrap into our last segment here and our last segment is um the thing that probably has manipulated a lot of society without us even really realizing it and that is Hollywood. What is your movie of the week, man? You got one? Movie of the week. I do have one. It? We'll just uh, turn that angle, like, yeah. you just go from talking yeah. about something like yeah. freedom and communism yeah. to, dude, what's the fucking what's movie, the movie of the week, week dude? dude? We gotta talk <laughs> about that time. Yeah. Hey, but you know, just to tie it into what we were just talking about, movies are cultural. Absolutely. Yeah. Movies For are, sure. you know, yes. in, the, in the 1600s you had Shakespeare, now you art, got... Yeah, art it's is art. cultural. Absolutely. Yeah, and that is a definitely but, uh, art form that way. Uh, my movie of the week is one I just watched yesterday, actually, uh... And uh, it's one that's been out for a few na- few years now, I think. But uh, it's called The Reef, and it's a shark movie. And I usually do not have very good words to say about most shark movies I watch. O- other than the Jaws franchise, there's really only probably two or three really decent top tire shark movies I could I could think of. Yeah, you know. Uh, but uh, I think I just found another one of them uh, yesterday that I had not seen, and that is The Reef. I really liked this one because uh, 
you know, it really felt real. It, it kind of put you there, you know? Yeah. And one of the things they did to do that was uh, there's only a few instances of CGI throughout this movie. There's a, a couple of times when they obviously had to CGI a shark in there, but probably 95% of the shark footage is real footage of, of an actual shark. And uh, I thought that that was really cool. That's not something you see. Even in the uh, top tire shark movies that I have in mind, like The Shallows, that's a good shark movie, yeah. I think. Even that great white was completely CGI'd. There was, I don't think there was a real... I don't think there was a single second of real shark footage in that movie. Yeah. Still a great shark movie, but uh, but I think that what they did with the reef, with the real footage, really gave it a unique feel, and really gave it a you know kind of sit on your on the edge of your seat kind of feel that that you usually don't get. Honestly, ninety percent of shark movies I try and sit through, I end up turning off halfway through. Because yeah. they're just so ridiculous. Yeah. Or they're just, you know, the, the CGI is just so crappy, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, but this was a good one. Yeah. So, you know, that's good. my movie of the week, because I, I, found, I found another good shark movie. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, you remember that movie, The Sandlot? Oh, yeah. You grew up watching that, oh, and you grew up watching, one. like, the Mighty Ducks series. Yep. Okay, so I'm going to ask you this. This is what my movie of the week is going to be. Which one of those series do you think is... Or, or, or between the Mighty Duck series and the Sandlot, like which one sticks out to you as the, like the real, iconic one of like the that '90s like young sport movie, you know? Oh well. Or there's uh, the Big probably, Green too, right? That was another, that was like a soccer one. I don't think I, I don't think it, I think one. that was much. It came a little later and it was like less popular, but yeah. that's definitely one too, the Big okay. Green. But we'll 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 go with D two. The Mighty Ducks and the Sandlot. I feel like yeah. those are the two that are the the most memorable for that time yeah. era. No, know? if I was gonna pick one of those two, I would definitely pick the uh, the Sandlot. That's just got a special place in my heart. Honestly, I, I love that movie. You know, uh, but I I mean, if you want to talk about personifying the '90s, I guess I'd have to go with the the Mighty Ducks because yeah. at least it's set in the '90s. The Sandlot is set in the '50s. Yes, uh, but. Uh, but I, it was released in the 90s. Uh, but The Mighty Ducks is just absolutely an iconic yeah. uh, 90s franchise. I mean, even the, the I, I even used to watch the uh, the animated series. They even had a, a Mighty Duck animated series, yeah. you know, where they were like... The, anim- I think yeah. The Mighty Ducks obviously did more, so it probably had more reach over a longer period of time, but... Like, the cultural impact, I think, belongs to the Sandlot, right? Like, it, it, it really does. Like, I mean, yep. the Sandlot, I don't know. I mean, everyone knows everyone knows the Mighty Ducks, but does it have that place in people's hearts, you know? Yeah, like, I'm no, sure, not I, like the Sandlot does. Yeah, but I did, I, I mean, um, I, I strolled across something that was promoting the Mighty Ducks or said something about the Mighty Ducks recently, and I thought about that movie. I was like, man, I, I almost forget about it. You know, I almost not even one I really think about often. Right. The Mighty Ducks. And it was, a, yeah. like you said, man, it was a, it did have some, uh, they made a show about it, you know, mm-hmm. it, had, it, it went on, you know. Yep. <laughs> she, uh, Emilio Estevez, you know. Yep. <laughs> Got it right there on VHS. Some of those yeah. kids, you know, how old are those kids? They're older than we are, man. They're probably 40, you know. The child stars, damn man. Yep. 
That's a tough road. Oh, yeah. Not many child stars <laughs> Make stay it on out. into their oh, adult shit. years. No way. Not even, I mean, just a, a couple of them that come to my mind is like Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Yeah. You know, and he, he made it to like young adulthood, I guess, in the but, movies. But whether or not he made it in the movies, did he make it in life without falling off the rails, yeah. too? You know, I think, I think he's doing pretty well. Yeah, yeah, probably, right? He's yeah. one that kind of, like Macaulay Culkin, you know, he went mm-hmm. through a lot of rough spells, man, try to find himself, you know? Shit, that that does. You just imagine the pressure of that, especially when you come into your teens and you've already lived this life of like that's all you really know. Yep. And then like now you're in your teens, like everything's fake. Probably it probably feels like to you, I'd imagine. Right. That's probably a weird feeling. I don't really know any of those actors in in those movies and whether or not they kept acting or not. Like even the Sandlot, I don't think. Are there any? Maybe the the redheaded kid. He was in uh, the Goonies, I think. Yeah. Uh, but that was still as a kid. I don't. Uh, I don't believe he's been in many productions as an adult. Yeah. I, c- I couldn't say for sure. I do know what he looks like now. I saw a picture of him recently, and uh, and I didn't recognize him from any movies or anything like that. So I, I don't think he's been in anything. Didn't uh, like Doogie Howser become more popular? Yeah. For a little while, right? For, yeah, for a while. You know, he got in a couple of things. Something. Yeah, it's interesting. Shoot. Um, I, I, you said something about The Reef, and I would imagine that it was one of those movies. I think some of the best movies, you don't even need to ask who's in it. You know, it doesn't yeah. even matter. Like, that just kind of becomes like a... Who do you prefer, like, acting certain roles and stuff like that? Like... At the end of the day, a good movie, it doesn't really matter who plays the roles. If they do a, if they do a solid job, you don't need to know their name even. You know, it could be a no-name actor if they do if they fit the role well and the movie's good and it's well put together. Right. Those are like those uh that's where yeah. legends are made in yeah, some I ways. I I don't there were no actors that I recognized in the reef, you know. Actually, I think it was made in Australia. I'm pretty sure it's an Australian movie. Uh but it is available to stream on on uh, Roku. That's, it seems like it would be a good one for Australia. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Oh, dude. Or a bad one. I tell you what. Way. I've always loved surfing yeah. down in the Texas Gulf. You know, the, our little bitty Texas waves, you know. little like, if you if you see a six-foot wave, you're like, oh, man, that's a big one, you know. Yeah, <laughs> like, what's happening? Yeah. <laughs> but, uh. Global warming. You know, not, not to mention you can also just kind of stand there next to your board waiting for the next, uh. Wave to come in. You don't, yeah, even have to, right. you don't even have to sit on your board, you know, down yeah. in Texas. But uh, uh, I've always, like, you know, said that I wanted to go surf, you know, like the big waves off of, like, Australia or California or something like that. But honestly, dude, I don't know, man. <laughs> I mean, especially Australia. Yeah. Like, dude, you, you, you paddle out into those waters on a board... In my opinion, you gotta you gotta be pretty dang content with the idea that you could that get hit you by could something. most definitely be hit by. And you know, people always say like, "Well, you got a better chance of being struck by lightning or killed by bees than being attacked by a shark." And I, I'm like, eh, I think that depends how much time you spend in the water. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, if 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 you're one of those guys who's just paddling out into, into those waters every single day. Like man, I, I gotta I gotta believe your your chances oh, yo, you're are trying, absolutely yeah, yeah, it's going skyrocketing. Up, man, you it's know? skyrocketing. 
No, no doubt about it. The more uh, you fall in love with that. Yeah. That's the bad thing about surfing, man. It pulls your soul in. Yeah. The ocean in general, like, pulls you in. It pulls your spirit into it, you know? It does. It's like, come on. And it's like yeah. the most treacherous, most, oh, it's like, hardcore, yeah. devastating thing ever, you know? Yeah. It'll, it'll strip it's your same the soul. complete opposite of where we belong. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, man, and that's just it. something you gotta, even when you step into the Texas Gulf, there's bull sharks, oh, big old bull sure. sharks, tiger sharks. You gotta, you know, they come right up there onto the. So my youngest son, beach. my youngest I mean, son, uh, he liked tigers. Yeah. First, he was like everything was the tiger. He's like tiger, tiger. You know, he that was like his first like animal love was the tiger, and then it was the shark. Then he liked shark, and then I told him, hey, you know, there's a tiger shark, <laughs> and then now everything has a tiger. It's like, hey, there's a giraffe. He's like, yeah, you see the tiger giraffe. <laughs> like, hold on, dude. You can't just mix them. Right. You know what I'm saying? You can't just, like, there's not a tiger lion. Yeah. You know, there's not a tiger armadillo. There's a tiger shark. There happens to be a tiger shark, yeah. you know? It's crazy, a shark man. with stripes that somewhat resemble a tiger. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, it has that name, man, you know? Right. It's, uh, it's just, like, a, a silly thing, man. Yeah. But, yeah, well... Other than that, man, that's uh, I say this. What what's more likely though, that you get bit by a shark in the ocean, or that you get a ball signed by the great Bambino? <laughs> we want to say thank you so much for listening to our podcast, The Independent Thinking Texans. A lot of times, you know, we may not necessarily know what we're saying or doing, but who really does in this world? It's a busy, busy place. Thank you so much for taking the time, though. We do appreciate it. Keep thinking for yourself, always and forever. Have a great day.